Greetings, everyone. Welcome to D Green with Amy. I'm Amy. After adopting a whole food plant-based lifestyle, my hubby Rick and I lost over 130 pounds. Now I coach others on their plant-based journey. Just has voice. Let's welcome our guest. Author of the award-winning book, The Plan A Diet, combining whole food plant-based nutrition with the timeless wisdom of scripture. Sid Nodder hosts a monthly inflammation support group for the plant-based nutrition support group, pbnsg.org. Please click like to help be green with Amy. Welcome, Sid Nodder. Greetings and welcome back, Sid. Hello, Amy. It's so nice to be with you again today. Oh, it is so nice to have you. And we recently had the opportunity at the NHA 75th conference that we were able to meet in person. And that was really so special. And we were talking about how you have done a few different broadcasts with us. And today you're going to be talking about a sweet tooth, which, oh my goodness, <laughs> I was thinking about how so many of us face a, a sticky conundrum <laughs> of having a sweet tooth. And while we're striving to begin or even maintain a whole food plant-based lifestyle. So today... I thought we should call it that we're going to embark upon a sweet tooth detox. <laughs> <laughs> and Sid is going to help us. He's gonna, we're going to learn about conquering our sweet tooth by teaching us uh, some acceptable alternatives, uh, why refined sugars are so inflammatory, and how to quickly tell how much sugar is in a packaged product. Mm-hmm. Oh, this, if, if anything was needed, this is it. And we're going to, this is a time when we have a little reset time before more holidays come upon us. And we have a time to get ready and gear up. But some of us even face this sweet tooth on a daily or many times a day basis. Right. Absolutely. I have a sweet tooth for sure myself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, I do. Yeah. And I think that's that it seems like some people may be either or. They're either, oh, I don't care about desserts or anything, but I love, you know, my savory dishes and my my in, at my meals. Mm -hmm. And 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 others of us I, I know that there are certain things that I feel that they trigger my sweet tooth. And you might even talk about them, but but I've been doing this lifestyle since twenty twelve, so I've come to learn about some of these things. But I'm sure you're gonna Give me some more helpful hints because I do have a sweet tooth. <laughs> yep. We're going to talk about how to reduce inflammatory sugars, but really why they're so inflammatory. You know, why are refined sugars inflammatory? That's one of the things we'll talk about. Mm -hmm. And I think knowledge is power. And, you know, we can we can have all the, the people telling us that we should and shouldn't do and what we should eat and what we should eliminate. But knowing it, that that's going to give us some uh, tools to help to get our willpower or our knowledge in, in track. So did you want to begin your presentation? I know that we do have a game of true or false that we play. So you just let me know when you want me to start that or if you want to start the presentation first. Okay. Well, I think I'll start the presentation first, if that's okay. Okay. That sounds great. So we're going to get you, get that on the screen and here we are. Yep. So, over the years, I've talked to dozens of people who are struggling with an inflammatory ailment of some type, 
And that's why I decided to develop a class around the topic of inflammation, which I taught at our local college for many years. But today we're going to talk about inflammatory sugars specifically. But before we do that, let's just cover briefly what inflammation is. So inflammation is the body's natural reaction whenever it detects the threat of harm or tissue damage or irritation or any type of danger or anything the body sees as a foreign intruder, right? Inflammation for many years was thought to be a good thing. It's the body's guard dog, sort of like the defense system. And so there are two types of inflammation, acute and chronic. And acute inflammation is, um, is the body's response to an injury, like a splinter or a cut or a burn. And the body rushes immune cells to that damaged area to begin the repairs and start the healing process. So pain, redness, swelling, heat, all of that can occur in that area. In fact, the word inflammation comes from the Latin word inflammare, which means to set on fire. So acute inflammation is designed to protect us, and it typically lasts only a short time because it's a very localized, specific response to an injury or an infection, or it's aimed at solving a problem. And our bodies are so amazing. They're always striving to heal. We just heard about that at the conference, didn't we, Amy, from Dr. Esther, that our bodies desire to heal. And our immune system is one way that it does that. So it's one more reason we want a strong immune system too. Now, chronic inflammation, on the other hand, also called metabolic inflammation, is the body's way of protecting us against something that's continually lurking in the body that shouldn't be there. So it's not a short-term thing. It's something that's continu continually lurking there, which makes the immune system go on high alert because it's encountering that threat continually. And so it sends out immune cells constantly to try to counteract that threat and begin the healing process. It's those immune cells that always remain activated that can result in persistent, systematic, and chronic low-grade levels of inflammation that plays a part in so many of our chronic diseases. So inflammation always starts with the immune system, and it really is a double-edged sword because it's designed to be protective and healing for us when it's necessary, but when we have an overactive immune system, that's when inflammation overstays its welcome. And at that point, it's no longer protective to our system. It's actually damaging. It's as though we're red hot, painful, and swollen all over internally. So most people associate arthritis with inflammation, but really chronic inflammation is a culprit and premature aging, obesity, and the majority of our chronic diseases, including many of our top killers, such as heart disease, cancer, diabetes, inflammatory bowel disease, brain disorders, just to name a few. Now, several things can contribute to chronic inflammation, including being overweight, oh, I skipped ahead too soon, being overweight, uh, lack of exercise, smoking, having high LDL cholesterol levels, viruses, stress, poor sleep habits, all of these factors can contribute to inflammation because the body is sensing some type of threat as a result of those things. But by far, the greatest factor and the primary driver of inflammatory chronic disease is what we put directly into our bodies at least three times a day, namely our food choices. 
So a poor diet has been ranked as our number one cause of disability and premature death. And fortunately, we can do something about that because that's something we have control over. So if you want a list of inflammatory and anti-inflammatory foods, you can find that on my website, which we'll share at the end. But just go there and type anti-inflammatory in the search bar and you'll get that list. But for today, again, we're just going to talk about refined sugars and what makes them so um, inflammatory. All right. So processed sugars, refined sugars, which are found in soft drinks, fruit juice, sweet tea, pastries, desserts, cookies, candy, snack cakes, cereals. And that's just the tip of the iceberg, not to mention the sweetened yogurts, the cereal bars, condiments, sauces, salad dressings, syrups, and even breads and frozen dinners. All of these things can contain refined sugars. So this might be a good time for a true false question before we get further into the topic of refined sugar. Okay, let's start our game. It's time for True or False on Be Green with Amy Live. Answer true or false to Amy's questions in the comments below, and Amy will ask our guest for the expert answer. All right, Green Warriors, here's your first true or false question. True or false, one reason refined sugars are so inflammatory is because they are devoid of fiber. Hmm. Okay, type in your guess, and Sid, while they're doing that, give us the answer. Yeah, the answer is true. That is true. <laughs> refined sugars are a highly inflammatory food because the fiber and the beneficial nutrients that have, um, have been removed, which causes spikes and dips in our glucose levels and our energy. Other reasons that sugar is inflammatory is because it stimulates the production of something called free fatty acids, which circulate through our bloodstream and trigger both insulin resistance and inflammation in the skeletal system, the liver, and those protective endothelial cells that line the inside of our arteries. Sugar also triggers the release of inflammatory cytokine cells. And just 40 grams of sugar per day, refined sugar, which is one can of pop, basically, leads to an increase in inflammatory markers in our blood, weight gain, and an increase in LDL cholesterol. Sugar also leads to the excess production of something called AGEs, advanced glycation end products. And these harmful compounds are formed whenever protein or fat combine with sugar in our bloodstream. That's a process called glycation. So these AGEs can form either inside of our body or they're in the foods that we eat. But because they harm our cells, having excess amounts of AGEs promotes oxidative stress and chronic inflammation, which increases the, the risk of many diseases. Sugar can also contribute to a leaky gut. You've probably heard about that. That's also known, known as intestinal permeability. That's where the lining of our small intestine becomes damaged, and then it then allows toxins and bacteria and undigested food to leak through the intestinal lining and into the um, and flood our bloodstream, basically. That can trigger inflammatory reactions and cause problems in our digestive tract and beyond that. Uh, sugar can also feed the yeast 
and unhealthy bacteria that not only prevents a leaky gut from healing, but it can also lead to irritation. And hence, when irritation occurs, further inflammation. Lastly, sugar greatly contributes to weight gain. So diets that are rich in added sugars lead to excess weight. And just having that excess body fat is linked to inflammation because our own fat tissues, our own fat cells actually, actually release inflammatory cytokine cells. So our own body produces fat um, inflammatory cells when we're overweight. So as you can see, refined sugar is rated as a highly inflammatory food for a number of reasons, and it's pretty much added to all of our packaged foods. So this might be a good time for another question before we go on to packaged foods. All right. The next question, get ready, Green Warriors. True or false, if a product is labeled no high fructose corn syrup, we know that product only contains healthy sugars. True or false? While they're typing it in, go ahead, Sid, tell us what the answer is. The answer is false. <laughs> Just because a product is labeled no high fructose corn syrup, it can still be filled with refined unhealthy sugars. And we're going to talk about that now about not believing this cover of the box in, at any time, you know, because manufacturers are notorious for making claims and other assertions to try to lure you into purchasing their unhealthy products. So oftentimes the words that are on the front of the package um, basically mean nothing. You, we have to read the ingredient list to get the real story. So let's take a look at how you can tell how much sugar is in a packaged or processed food. So there are four grams of sugar in one teaspoon. So to identify how much sugar is in a product, you, you know, go to the grams of sugar, they're listed in the nutrition facts box and divide the grams by four. So on this nutrition facts box, uh, and I'll reveal in a moment what this, this product is, but we see the blue arrow there that is telling us that the sugars are 42 grams. So 42 grams of sugar divided by four is roughly 10, a little bit over 10. So this product has 10 teaspoons of sugar per serving. And it's important to look at the serving size as well. So if we look at the top, we see the container only has one serving. So it's important to keep in mind the serving size because if the product contained two servings and you were planning to eat the whole thing, you'd have to double all the nutrients and the sugar and all of that. And you'll notice that a lot on beverages and soups and many other items that there's often more than one serving in a can or whatever it's in, a box or a can. So that's why we definitely need to read the serving size and the label facts as well. Now, natural sources of sugar could be in the product as well, like dates or other fruits, and those things would be acceptable. But unfortunately, most labels don't distinguish between natural sugars and added sugars. Sometimes they do, and I've noticed that more and more often they are distinguishing between the two, which is good. But most often you'll only see the total sugars listed there. That's why we have to check the ingredient list to discover the source of the sugars. So the product that we were looking at that has 10 teaspoons of sugar is this vegan midnight chocolate cupcake. It looks yummy, doesn't it? I would want to eat that. <laughs> 
And it's a four ounce cupcake, which really is not very big. You know, the picture makes it look like a big, big cupcake, but it is not. And so it's really high in calories and fat. Let's see uh, my next screen. Let's see. It's high in calories and fat. And I've highlighted here the 10 teaspoons of sugar. Yeah. So this has 440 calories. It's 40% fat, five grams of saturated fat. The sugar, there's a lot of sodium and only three grams of fiber. So this would be classified as a vegan junk food in my book. <laughs> and if you're watching sugar, you know, it's got 10, gram 10 teaspoons of sugar. Well, what are the sources of sugar in this cupcake? I could go off on all of these things, the calories and fat, but today we're talking about sugar. So I'm going to stay focused there. Well, maybe it's a healthy source of sugar in this cupcake, right? Unfortunately, no. So here's the ingredient list. And we have a quick look there shows that uh, this cupcake is filled with refined sugars, not to mention it's refined flowers, also an inflammatory product and tons of oils, also an inflammatory product. So this product needs to stay on the shelf and not go into the cart, right? We can make our own delicious chocolate cupcakes at home. Okay. Here's an example of golden crisp cereal. And in this case, they do tell us the amount of added sugar versus natural sugar. So we see here in the nutrition facts box that there are 21 grams of sugar in a serving. And right below that, we see that all 21 grams are added sugar. So this product has no natural sugar at all. It is all added sugar. So there's no dried fruit in it, for example, which could be a source of natural sugar if it had raisins, for example. But all 21 grams of sugar are coming from added sugar. So how much sugar would that be based on what we just learned? 21 grams divided by four is just over five, right? So five teaspoons of sugar in one cup. So think about that. Say you had just a cup of bran flakes. Would you really put five teaspoons of sugar on that? I highly doubt that you would. It would be a ton of sugar. So remember, again, to always look at the serving size, because if the serving size was a half a cup and you were going to eat a whole cup, you'd have to double everything, the calories, the fat, the sugar, and so on. So what are those added sugars in this cereal? Well, the first ingredient is sugar, which means refined sugar. And we also see corn syrup, another unhealthy sweetener, and honey. So there are three types of sweeteners in this cereal. And keep in mind that ingredients are always listed in order by the greatest to the least amount of volume or weight. That means that there's more sugar in this product than any other ingredient, right? Because it's the first thing listed. And oftentimes manufacturers will use several different sweeteners so that sugar isn't listed as the top thing. <laughs> However, in this case, even though they use three different types of sweeteners, sugar is still the main ingredient. So again, there's more sugar in this product than flour, more than anything else. Here's some Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce, right? You always see that in the store. Let's take a look at how much sugar would be in this product. So we see there are 17 total grams of, of sugar um, and with 16 grams being added sugar and the remaining one gram comes from a natural sugar, such as fruit. And we'll look at that in a second. So 17 total gram or total, yeah, 
total grams of sugar, of sugar divided by four, 17 divided by four is a little bit over four teaspoons. So the serving size here is what's key. The serving size is two tablespoons. If we convert that to teaspoons, two tablespoons equals six teaspoons. And that's a lot of sugar since we just came to the conclusion that four teaspoons per serving are sugar. That means that four out of the six teaspoons are sugar. <laughs> Am I making sense? Are you guys following me? If not, please um, tell me to stop and clarify if you need me to clarify that. But it's confusing. But we converted our tablespoons. The serving size is two tablespoons, which equals six teaspoons. And we already know that 17 divided by Four is basically four, a little bit over four. So four teaspoons of sugar out of the six, I mean, four teaspoons of the sauce, barbecue sauce, out of the six are sugar. Wow. Let's look at our ingredient list to see the types of sugars listed here. So high fructose corn syrup is the number one, is the main ingredient. And we could spend an entire hour just on why that ingredient is detrimental to our health. And then we have pineapple juice concentrate, which is where that one gram of natural sugar is probably coming from, right? There's pineapple juice in there. Other sweeteners include molasses, corn syrup, and sugar. Now, normally with label reading, it's always a good idea just to start with the ingredient list first. So just by looking and we see that high fructose corn syrup is in there. This product goes back on the shelf. We don't even have to compute the sugar. <laughs> but today, since we're focusing on how to tell how much sugar is in a product, I'm spending time on that. But always start with the ingredient list first. And you, you're oftentimes just going to put it right back on the shelf based on what you see there. And you don't have to do any com computations on your computer or anything to see. So yeah, today we're mainly focused on to how to tell how much sugar is in the product, but the ingredient list is where you always want to start when you're reading a label. So I have a little quiz here for you. Okay, get ready. We're going to have our pop quiz. <laughs> so here's a plant-based ice cream, mint chip, my favorite, like one of my favorite flavors. And let's say you're looking at this product in the store and we see that one serving is two thirds of a cup and the sugar equates to 21 grams. My little blue arrow there shows you the sugar is 21 grams. So are there any natural sugars here? No, it's all added sugar. So how much sugar is in a, a serving of this product? So that is your quiz question. Uh, roughly how much sugar is in a serving of this ice cream? Oh, okay. So green warriors, <laughs> you want to try and, I don't know if anybody's brave enough to type in an answer, but. 21, want, yeah. <laughs> There's a little delay. So even if they are, we won't see it right away. Okay. So. Well, the answer is a little bit over five. 21, right, divided by four would be a little bit over five because five times four is 20. So five teaspoons of sugar is the quiz answer. Now let's look at the ingredient list to see what the sources of sugar are here. So organic cane sugar is the second ingredient, plus the chocolate chips contain cane sugar, and then there's also tapioca syrup. So is this an anti-inflammatory product? 
No, no, it's not because it's high in refined sugar. Plus it contains coconut oil, another highly inflammatory food. I know today we're focusing on sugar, but if we're looking at the ingredient list, that coconut oil would be a big no-no right off the top. And so while this plant-based ice cream might look enticing, it sure does to me, because again, mint chip is one of my favorites. It simply cannot be considered a healthy product. You can make chocolate mint ice cream at home so easily. In fact, I just demonstrated that last night for my PBNSG group. And the recipe is right on my website for choco mint ice cream. Just go there and type in mint and you'll get this easy recipe, even with the chocolate mint sauce that has no refined sugars. So this product um, would contribute to inflammation where your homemade ice cream is not going to. All right, I'm going to go in the woods for a little bit. I wasn't going to show this initially since it doesn't apply to the topic of sugar, but I'm going to veer off the trail just for one second to give you another label reading tip since we're doing some label uh, experiments today. This is going to show you how fatty a product is. What percentage of this product is of uh, the calories in this product are coming from fat, right? So what percentage of the calories in this product are coming from fat? And ideally, our overall fat intake should be between 10, 15% of calories, right? But sometimes in packaged products, it can be a bit higher if the product contains nuts, for example. So to tell what percent of fat is uh, coming, what percentage of fat this product contains, here's how we're going to do that. And all you'll need to know is the calories and the total fat grams. So here we see our calories are 240 per serving, right? And the total fat is 15 grams. Pay no attention to the, um, you know, the percent, the daily value percent. None of that makes sense unless you're, you know, that's all convoluted. All you need to know that is that there's 15 grams of fat per serving. So using those numbers, you would pull out your little phone calculator. And while you're standing in the store, you would take 15 times nine, and we're using nine because there's nine calories in one gram of fat. So 15 by nine, 15 times nine is 135. Now divide that 135 by the 240 calories and you get 0.56. So 0.56, if you times it by hundred is 56%. So just know mentally that the decimal point, just move it over two points and you get 56%. So this product is 56% fat, right? Which is really high. Yeah. And if we go back to the ingredient list, we see that coconut milk is the first ingredient, which is around 90% fat, then sugar, then coconut oil, which is 100% fat. And then the chocolate chips also contain coconut oil. So we can see why this product has such a high fat content. And just a note here too, um, that this product is not only high in fat, but it's really high in saturated fat because coconut oil has double the saturated fat as lard. So again, if we look at the fat content in this product, again, at 15 grams of total fat and 13 of those grams are coming from saturated fat, that is something to keep in mind for inflammation because saturated fat is ranked as the most pro-inflammatory food component right? So this product is really inflammatory. All right. Let's go back now to the topic of sugar, maybe with the true or false question here. Okay. 
Green Warriors, here's your next one. True or false, unrefined sugars, including turbinado sugar or maple syrup, are okay to use as often as you wish. Mm, true or false? Okay, Sid. Well, the answer is false. I mean, certainly we can use them sometimes, but not really as often as we wish, right? They're still sugars. So certain unrefined sugars are okay to use sparingly, and I'll explain that uh, as we go along. Some acceptable sugar substitutes are dates, right? Dates are amazing because they're a whole food that's great to use to sweeten desserts and sauces, and blending dates with water can make date paste, which can be used to sweeten um, desserts or hot drinks even. So date syrup is another option too. But even more importantly are fruits, right? Fruit is nature's candy. Sweet fruits like bananas, cherries, and mangoes, and pineapple. All of these fruits make delicious sundaes, cobblers, pies, and puddings. And bananas can also be mashed up to make banana breads or muffins. And you could even use unsweetened applesauce in a recipe or in your oatmeal, which will still give you some natural sweetness of the apples. Or better yet, chop up some apples for your oatmeal. Well, what about the less refined sources of sugar, such as maple syrup, molasses, or raw honey, which isn't vegan, if that's a concern for you? Well, un or, or there's, there are unrefined cane sugars, too, on the market, like turbinado or sucanat. And the general school of thought in the majority of the plant-based world is that these recipes are okay to use very sparingly to add a little sweetness to the surface of your food. You know, that's Dr. McDougall's position. If adding a little uh, sweetener to the top of your oatmeal is going to make you eat more oatmeal, then yes, he says to do it. <laughs> but it's also important to distinguish the difference between food and treats. Right? There's a big difference because we don't want to overdo it with these products. You can certainly enjoy a healthy smoothie and a fruit-based dessert. So I love to make just a chocolate shake with just frozen bananas and soy milk and cacao. The bananas are the sweetener and it is delicious. Yeah, so Dr. McDougall says a little maple syrup on your pancakes or a little molasses in your baked beans or a little barbecue sauce over your potatoes, if it'll help you stick with a starch-based diet, is fine to do. Now, I just ran into a totally sugar-free barbecue sauce recipe on Dr. Campbell's website with pineapple as the only sweetener, and I am going to make that very soon. Mm, sounds good. Now, what about stevia, which is an herb, right? It's a natural sweetener derived from the leaves of a stevia shrub, which is native to Brazil and Paraguay. But according to Dr. Greger at nutritionfacts.org, our gut bacteria can transform stevia's properties into a toxin, which can spike these mutagenic compounds in our colons. So stevia is considered harmless, though, if we stay under two stevia-sweetened beverages a day. So we don't want to overdo it with stevia. You can use it sparingly. And monk fruit is another plant-derived sweetener, which I recommend you check out Dr. Greger's website for information about monk fruit sweeteners as well. Um, it may not be the best choice. So look into that on your own, but and then you can make your own decision about it. Now, here are just a few of the desserts that I make just by using dates or fruits or minimal amounts of natural sugars. So there's raw apple crumble, 
sundaes and sorbets, chocolate mousse, carrot cake, cookies, brownies, banana splits, berry crisps, dessert smoothies. And so th those are just a tip of the iceberg of desserts that can be made very healthily with fruits. How about you, Amy? What, what do you like to do for your sweet tooth? Well, I'm fortunate because Rick likes to make a lot of desserts and, and treats for us. And most of the things we do sweeten with dates. So we don't use the other types of sweeteners. So we'll use dried fruits. So I love chocolate and ice cream. And he makes some cheese. No, oh, please cakes. They're not cheesecakes. So we call them please cakes. And um, oatmeal cardamom cookies. But I found that after being on this lifestyle for over a decade, I can eat something that's sweet, but it doesn't have to be as heavily sweetened as it used to be. And I can still detect that sweet taste with just very, very little sweetener added. What about you? What do you like? Yeah, I like that berry crisp there. Uh, Jane and Ann Esselstyn, that's, they have a berry crisp on their YouTube channel. That is really, really good. And the, the only two, uh, the sweeteners are frozen blueberries and frozen cherries. Right. Crumble top. Yeah, it's really good. That looks good. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go on and talk a little bit about sugary drinks, sometimes referred to as liquid candy. And sugary drinks have been blamed as perhaps the single largest driver of the obesity epidemic. Oh, my computer froze up. Can you still see me? I can see you and I can okay. see your, your slide about the sugary drinks. Ah, okay. Okay. There, oh, how's yeah, that? There uh -huh. <laughs> okay, there we go. So water should always be our first beverage of choice, right? Good, clean water should always be that. But if we look a little deeper into beverages, especially these sweetened sodas, our bodies don't register calories and liquid form the same as they do from solid foods. You know what? My computer's doing things on its own. Okay. Make, do you have anything leaning on your keyboard by any chance? No, I think it's programmed. I, I brought this in from another slideshow. And um, it, uh, yeah, I brought this sugary drink slide in and now it's got a mind of its own. So I'm just uh, going to. Okay. No worries. We'll, we'll make it I'm work. sorry. No worries. All right. So yeah, the American Cancer Society says that, um, Oops, there it goes again. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that sweetened drinks, sugary drinks, are blamed as perhaps the single largest um, driver of the obesity epidemic. And again, our bodies don't register calories from drinks as, as well as they do as when we get our calories from food. So um, over half the population over two years old and up now are consuming sugary drinks on any given day. And that number goes up to 65% of boys between two and 19 are drinking sugar drinks every day. And I'm sure girls are too. I don't know why they distinguished between that. It may have just been a, a study that they happened to, to do and that it maybe included some boys sports kind of team and, and that's where they derived that from. But I agree. I'm sure the girls are, are in there as well. Mm -hmm. And not just kids, too. Adults are consuming a ton of sugary drinks. So the American Cancer Society says that sugary drinks are the leading source of added sugars and calories in the American diet. And for cancer prevention, they recommend that we reduce our sugary drinks because that excess body weight 
is associated with an increased risk of at least 13 types of cancer. So another reason why we don't want to be consuming a lot of calories through pop, which is terrible in many ways, not just the sugar, but the phosphoric acid, which hurts your bone health, all different reasons. Okay, so back to our label reading. Okay, now it doesn't want to switch at all. So hang on. There we go. So here's a can of Pepsi. It has 41 grams of sugar. 41 grams divided by four is roughly 10. So this can of pop is a 12-ounce can of pop. It has the equivalent of 10 teaspoons of sugar. Now, if if this were, if people are drinking 20-ounce bottles of soda quite often, that would raise it to 16 grams of sugar, right? And we can tell by the ingredient list that the source of sugar in this Pepsi is high fructose corn syrup and or sugar, which is refined sugar. And both of those are sugars that we totally want to avoid. So here's some tips for avoiding refined sugars. Again, good clean water should always be our first beverage of choice. But, but you could add your favorite fruit or try a seltzer or a sparkling water with added fruit. So for people that are trying to withdraw from soda pop, oftentimes it's, it's that fizz that they're looking for, that carbonation. If you you know, buy a seltzer or sparkling water and add some fruit to it. Or herbal teas, hot or iced teas would be a good alternative. Or um, can you think of any other drinks, Amy? What do you drink? Yeah, well, actually, um, I had Thomas from Balsamic Vinegars, California Balsamic, and he did a mocktail demonstration for us where he took the carbonated water and he had fruit-flavored vinegars, balsamic vinegars, and he used that and just a couple of drops of that. And I have tried it and it's just a very, very refreshing drink. And it has, it has a sweet taste to it because of the balsamic vinegar. So you can have pear or, or mm. lime or, or all kinds of different fruits in there to make a, and, and he calls them mocktails. Is it just water is the base? Carbon, carbonated water. Oh, carbonated water. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Recently, my husband took me out dancing and we um, people were drinking and asking us what we want. And he brought a, a small uh, two ounce bottle of one of the balsamic vinegars, fruit flavored ones. And the we ordered two carbonated waters. And then he took it out and and each of us had a few drops and, and we felt, you know, like we were celebrating with everybody else around us. And then other people said that they wanted to try it. And before you knew it, everybody was having a mocktail. <laughs> Perfect. Other tips would be just not buy a yogurt. Flavored yogurt often has a ton of sugar. Instead, you could buy a plain unsweetened yogurt and put your own frozen berries in it. Or just as Amy was saying, you can use vinegar fruit-based vinegars, not only for dressings, but also for drinks, like a raspberry vinaigrette or something like that. Find cereals with under four grams of sugar per serving, <clears throat> if you are buying cereal. But better yet, swap cereal for rolled oats with, you know, or steel-cut oats with fresh and frozen berries in the morning. Choose condiments and pasta sauces, which are low in sugar. Oh, I should have brought the one I buy at Aldi. If you have an Aldi near you, they have an organic pasta sauce. It's oil-free and has no added sugars, and it is super. It's very yeah, good. Right. I, I've never been able to find a, a, a pasta sauce that had both of those ingredients not appear. 
it's either it was always a trade-off so you found one well that's going to be interesting i'll have to look for that yeah is there an aldi near you amy yes okay yeah they it comes in marinara or uh, tomato basil and they're like two dollars a jar it's not that's going to be that'll be a game changer because we're always having to make our own (laughs) yeah and then, of course, on your PBJ, replace the jelly with banana if you are a PBJ person. Okay, so the bottom line is refined sugars, which have been stripped of fiber and nutrition and then added to foods and drinks, contribute to inflammation, plus heart disease, cancer, diabetes, leaky gut, weight gain, and so much more. And again, you can find a list of inflammatory and anti-inflammatory foods on my website. So uh, this is my website here. Oh, let, one more thing. Natural sugars, which are found in starches, fruits, and other whole foods are not linked to inflammation. So you're safe with the natural f- foods and sweeteners. So there's my website, sidnotter.com. There's a free webinar there. Three food mistakes which lead to painful joints, extra weight, and health problems the doctors aren't solving. If you watch that, you you have the chance to book a free complimentary call with me to talk about things going on with you. And I could, you know, do my best to advise you at that point. There's also a free 21 day meal plan there. And my book is available there, too. And because you're watching uh, Amy today, if you take my inflammation course that was offered at the college, just type in take off 50 and you'll get 50 percent off of that. That is it. I'm going to stop my share now. Okay. Wow. Okay, good. Thank you so much, (laughs) Sid. That was wonderful. A lot of really great tips. And I I was chatting a little bit with Angela Fischetti. She's been watching. and, And we were talking about labels and how, you know, it's with all these math calculations, it's, wouldn't it just be easier, right? To just try to avoid foods with labels if you can. Exactly. And I was thinking when you were showing some vegan versions of foods, it seems that vegan food is becoming more and more popular, which is a good thing for the animals and the planet. But because all a lot of these vegan foods are processed foods, we really have to be diligent and careful that just because it says vegan, right? Just like you said, it doesn't mean that it's healthy and could have so many things. And sometimes it could be worse than the, the for you health wise than the non vegan one. It could be that that bad. So I think that we that that you gave us a great reminder that we really have to because it's so tempting when you see a new product and you say, oh, it's vegan. This is wonderful to to really be diligent about looking at that label. And I remember mm-hmm. uh, when you talked about the turbinado. There's a, a one of these uh, smoothie shops. I'm not going to say their name. And I knew somebody that um, sent me a text message and said, with a picture and said, look what, I just got this smoothie, you know, and it, and, and I had, and it has turbinado. It didn't say turbinado sugar in this shop. They just said turbinado. And when you hear something like that and you're not familiar, well, gee, that must be something healthy. I'm in a smoothie shop and, and I'm having turbinado, right? <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad that you brought up turbinado sugar. And aren't there just so many words for sugar? I mean, you only yeah. went over just a few of them. Oh, dozens. There's dozens of words. Barley malt. I'm barley malt. Oh, there's all sorts of things that are sugars. Yeah, yeah definitely. 
Yeah. So if you don't know what it is, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's probably some kind of chemical or sugar. A lot of them end in OS, right? OSE. Yeah. So yeah. 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 So it's something that you really have to be diligent about. Yeah. So we like to meet people where they are sometimes when they're transitioning and Sometimes I, cause I went through a phase of unhealthy vegan junk food too, in my journey to where I am today. And so, um, transition foods like the chick patties, you know, the morning star farm, all that stuff really is not beneficial, but I went through that phase where I was eating morning star junk, you know, which actually some contains dairy, which I, had no clue, you know, at the time. This was years and years ago. It's vegan. Twizzlers are vegan. You know, you can order, which you can get chocolate sauce, which is vegan. But is that really good for you? No, sugar, 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 right? We want to get natural sugars from fruit. Fruit is the best source of sweetness that we could ever eat and dates. Yeah. So your hubby likes to use dates, right? Oh, yeah. Pretty much exclusively. The The downside of it is, is that it will tend to turn a lot of the food brown. Mm. So if, if you're looking for some kind of a white look to your food, it, it'll turn out brown, but we're, we're used to it anyway. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so. You make nice cream. Do you guys make nice cream? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And we recently found, well, we found a, a creamy, Ninja creamy machine. So, mm-hmm. and then, and that makes it even better. But just in the Vitamix, and we just pour it in pop molds. And mm-hmm. but we only just use um, bananas usually just to, to, as a sweetener for the, mm-hmm. for the nice cream. And, and it's, it's wonderful. So I, I actually, I mean, I have a sweet tooth, but I have, I have a, one of those nice cream pops every night. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my treat. And I mean, they're small, you know, so I mean, I'm still, but I'm still having it. But for some people, just even having something like that can just flip a switch, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so if it's, if it's something that's going to be a trigger for you, sometimes you just have to stay away from it and just go with just the natural fruits that have the, the different, the the fiber in them and not going with the smoothie made things. Yeah. Even frozen grapes can be a treat. Yes. Oh, they're really good and sweet and cold. Yeah. You know? I was going to say one of the things that we enjoy are frozen cherries. Mm-hmm. And and they're nice because they um they already take out the pits. So that's mm-hmm. fun. And it doesn't take them long to, to thaw out. So if you have a bag of frozen cherries and you just leave them on the counter for a couple of minutes, they're still frozen, but they're not hard as a rock frozen so that you can, so that when you chew it, you almost feel like you're eating some kind of sorbet. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so they, they can be very, very nice to have as an alternative. Yeah, I love those too. So my favorite ice cream is cherry ice cream. It's just frozen bananas and frozen dark cherries. Oh, About a half and half in the Vitamix. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, give me a bowl of that and I am a happy kid. You're happy. <laughs> okay, well, it looks like we have a couple of questions from the audience. So Julie said, I've been starting my day with grapefruit and kiwi for breakfast, followed by a salad not long after. I found that within a few hours, I am having unbearable sugar cravings. Do you have, so do you have any advice, Sid? 
Well, what would be a, a healthy thing to eat there that's sweet? Because sometimes, you know, we don't want to not deprive. Sometimes if you deprive a craving, it actually becomes worse. But if you fill it with something that's compliant and healthy, would a banana help? You know, would um, a mango, a juicy, sweet mango, that might satisfy that craving or the grapes that we talked about? Yeah. Yeah. I find that there are certain things that like for me, I cannot have oatmeal for breakfast because it will make me go into, it'll, it'll make my sugar go down and I can feel it that I, and then, then I'm all craving something, you know? So it, it may be, I mean, Chef AJ, a lot of times she'll talk about having vegetables for breakfast. Mm-hmm. So maybe even things that it doesn't seem like a grapefruit and a kiwi, you know, would, would be something that, that could, could uh, start that off, but maybe just doing the, the salad first and then maybe having the switch it around and see if that, that might work. Yeah. So I've actually got a, an article called cravings versus hunger. And I'm wondering if Julie is just hungry because just having grapefruit and kiwi doesn't sound like that's going to be enough starch to keep you full. Yeah. Even salad. if the salad doesn't have yeah. any beans or potatoes, right? In it, right? Yeah. Got to have some starchy things in there to keep full. But maybe what you're having is just hunger because actually cravings can masquerade as hunger often, you know. Yeah. But if you're truly hungry, don't deny yourself food if you're truly mm-hmm. hungry. Yeah. And that's the thing when so, so you get those sugar cravings and then all the rationale in your mind just goes out the window and you just, you go into that primal state of, of just trying to find something and you don't really care what it is. So, I mean, and it may be, it may be something that, that she's headed toward diabetes that she might want to check with her doctor too, because I, I kind of, I never got to the, to, to even pre-diabetes, but I was getting closer and closer every year, but my mom and my grandmother had it. And I remember them saying, saying that they were crashing. So, and that they would have to have something sweet in order to just feel normal, you know? So that might be something too. I'm, I'm not really sure about that. So, oh, okay. So Andrea said, during my menstrual cycle and right before it, I really crave chocolate and it helps my PMS symptoms. What can I do, eat instead that will help my symptoms? Hmm. I would say use raw cacao with some frozen bananas and plant milk and make yourself a little chocolate shake. That would be my advice. You're getting raw cacao powder, which is zero fat. You know, it has antioxidants and not chocolate itself. You're still getting chocolate, but it's through the raw cacao powder. Yeah, that I think that sounds like a really good idea because on those days, (laughs) you you, you have, you have to do whatever, whatever is going to work because you just can't even think about what, what's a a good decision to make. And I think that, that if she, especially if she's prepared ahead of time that she has those things ready and yeah, that sounds like a great, great idea. And here's another good idea too, which I made last night for my group, chocolate, orange, nice cream with a chocolate, orange sauce, all sweetened with dates. There's no sugar in it cacao, bananas, orange, zest. So go to my website and just type the word orange in the search bar and you'll get that recipe. Oh, that sounds like fun. Yeah. That sounds really good. Yeah. We actually have a recipe for chocolate candy. 
You do. Yes. You tell. And yes. <laughs> but the only thing is, it actually has the, the, like, you can bite into it like it's a candy bar, but only when it's frozen. Hmm. So that's the thing. So what Rick makes those up and he has them in the freezer. But that's something that I can't just eat one of those. So I have to be really intentional, like, okay, it's Valentine's Day. I'm going to have a couple pieces of candy. But otherwise, they have to be way in the back and the bottom, you know, because otherwise, I, I, if they're right up front, I'd probably every day pop in there and <laughs> and grab some. But yes. So yeah, we have a recipe for that on the website too. And you can make them in molds. So you can make them in heart shapes or, you know, whatever holiday it is that you want to do. So I have a bunch of heart shaped chocolate candy <laughs> in the freezer, but I only, only have it on those little special occasions. And I try, try really hard to, to stay, to, to keep it to just a couple of them. And then I Put them all the way in the back in the bottom of the freezer again. Are Gates the sweetener in there? No, in yeah, the yeah. Because that's usually what we make it, it with anyway. Most of our sweetener is yeah, and and that doesn't mean it's healthy though, right? I mean, all these the, as far as I mean, it's healthy as far as it has the dates, but healthy as far as eating it in abundance, right? Yeah. That's that, where we distinguish between food and treats, you yes. know, that there's a, there's a difference. Mm -hmm. Yep. You're absolutely right. When we first adopted <laughs> this lifestyle, there wasn't as much information and the buzzwords were just eat as much as you want, you know, and as long as it's healthy, you'll be fine. And in the beginning that worked just great because we had, we both had a lot of weight to lose and we had a lot of uh, different uh, medical conditions to resolve and we were eating what we wanted and, you know, but then once all the weight started coming off, then, then things started to show up and say, well, maybe I can't eat all I want, <laughs> yeah. all I need, you know, to satisfy my hunger. Right. And then save those treats. Cause we were even, we had, um, we had, a, we were with a, another couple last night and they plant-based, which was very nice to be with plant-based people in person. And, uh, so she made a wonderful coleslaw and but it did it did have uh, a nut based dressing, and it also had a lot of raisins in it, and it was really great, really delicious. And so <laughs> I was eating it, and I was taking some of the raisins and just kind of pushing them off to the side because mm -hmm. it was sweet enough that it, I didn't even need to have a mouthful of raisins in order to eat it mm -hmm. because I know I'm I'm a petite woman, and it doesn't take much for me to start gaining weight again. So I was still I was still enjoying some of the raisins, but I just wasn't having as many, you know, in the serving as she had put in. And just and it's little things like that that uh, can can really make a difference. Absolutely. Watch that fat content. So don't starve yourself and don't stuff yourself either. Right. That's oh, that's a good one. I like that one. Don't starve yourself. And don't stuff yourself. <laughs> you have to find that balance. And it does. Yeah. It does take a lot. And it's, I, th I think a lot of people tuning in today might might really be dealing with those those sugar cravings, and it may just be that for for the the beginning, if you're adopting the plant based lifestyle, that you just may not might just have to eliminate them. What do you think? Yeah. Well, absence is the way to get through an addiction for mm. sure. But I al also think that um, you know abstaining is key, but sometimes abstain and replace is okay too if you're 
replacing with something healthy and good for you. But mm -hmm. if that healthy thing's going to trigger you, then no, then you have to abstain totally. Yeah. And I, I think that a lot of people, they, they've been taught to fear fruit, you know, and, oh, yeah. and, and it's not, that's not something that you should really fear. But if you ate a bunch of apples, you could eat a, quite a few apples. But if you ate a sweet potato, how many of them could you eat compared to the same amount of bulk in an apple? You could probably eat more, more, more apples. So I, I think that sweet potatoes for me, they're, they're a great thing. They're portable. You can, you can have them cook them in the microwave or you can batch cook them in, in the oven and then cook, put them in the refrigerator and take, take one or two along with you whenever you're out and about. And whenever you have that craving, I think that, that that's something that helped me, especially in the beginning, would be I would just grab a sweet potato cold out of the refrigerator and I would just eat it like it, like it was an apple. And it had the sweetness to it, right? But it, but it was a lot better better choice than, than some of the other things that I might have picked instead. Yeah. Okay, let me just see. I don't know if we had any other questions because we have a couple more minutes. I think that those are the only ones that I saw that, that came through. Angela said, what I would do is the fruit with the greens, lots of greens. Yeah, I think so. The greens, okay. Yeah, because I think she was talking about the earlier comment. If she, if she eats greens with the fruit, the sugar cravings will subside. Just get her needed minerals this way. Just the thought that I think that's a good thought. A lot of times we don't think about eating greens, you know, with, as to help us to uh, quell a, a sweet tooth. But that, I think that that would be a good idea to try. It seems that sometimes we, we when we're craving something, right, it, it, it could be that we're just craving it because we're used to having it or, or we're having some kind of emotional kind of uh, event happening. But sometimes it's our body trying to tell us that we need something, but we don't, we're not in touch with our body to know that what it is that we need. And maybe it could be the green. Right. I, I think back in May is when we did our talk together about the biggest barriers to change and habit was one of them, right? If your habits have become so ingrained that you can't move past them, that's something to consider. Like, why do I want to eat this right now? You know, am I emotional? Is it driven by some emotion? Is it habit? You know, we went through all those barriers to change. That's something to think about, too. So they could go back and watch your replay of that. Yeah, I think that that would be helpful. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go over your, because you did talk about your social media. So you have your website is sidnotter.com. And we have this all in the show notes for you guys that so you can click on the links if you need to. And you also have a Facebook group called The Plan A Diet. And you have this wonderful book too. And we're going to be having a book giveaway. Yeah. So you guys just stay tuned for that. I'm going to give the link for that. And because Sid is going to be giving away one of her books. So you have a lot of things going on. And then you talked about the 50% off for the inflammation class. So you just have uh, wonderful things that you're offering. And I'm just so grateful for every time that you come on the show, because you just have so many things that you are so many tips and so much knowledge. And, and that's what it is, I think, you know, knowledge. If, if the irrational brain is trying to tell you something, the more you just, I think people should be listening to podcasts like this. And, and, and you know, Sid has things to, to watch and listen to. And there's other 
people out there doing it every day. You should be, you know, whether, you know, when you're just doing different things around the house or you're commuting, you should be listening to these kinds of things because this mm -hmm. is what's just going to keep you going every day. And the more you hear it, that the more normal it feels. And I think that that, that can be something very helpful. Oh, look at that. Nancy said, I am sugar-free for four months now. Wow. That's, that's wonderful. wonderful. Congratulations, Nancy. That's a big deal. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So um, I was going to say something. It went right out of my brain. You were okay. talking about knowledge. And I, I believe yeah, that's that we true. All that knowledge is a big motivator. When you understand how food is affecting your body, that is a big, big motivator. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. just heard Dr. Esser say that 1% of our body regenerates every single day, right? He said yeah. we have 40, million tri uh, 40 trillion cells in our body and 4 million of them recycle every second. Wait, we just heard Dr. Esther say yeah. that at the yeah. conference we were at. Yeah. So, and he said, and this is a quote, I thought it was very funny. So that's why there's no such thing as a cheat day. Even if you're hiding in the pantry, your body knows what's going on. <laughs> yeah. And then and then he made us laugh because he said, says something like, stop acting like a two-year-old. <laughs> yeah, I know. Which I thought was funny. But he grew up plant-based from the time he was born. Yeah. Yeah. So he, I don't know if he's had the challenges that some people have had. That's so. a good point, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I really wanted to thank you so much, Sid, for teaching us how how to conquer the sweet tooth and teaching us about reading these labels because it's so important. More and more of these foods are going to be coming out every day and we really need to be aware of that. And everybody, please click like to show your appreciation for what Sid shared with us today. And also, I wanted you to tell me what your takeaway was for today. Type it in the comments to see. And so this way other people can see what you discovered and what they might be wanting to look for when they're looking at this video or, or listening to it on the podcast. I would just like to comment too that give yourself grace because sugar is one of the biggest food addictors out there. And I was addicted to sugar lattes for a long time before I realized it and was able to get off of those, the mocha latte thing. So figure out, you know, you, there are ways to cope, but give yourself grace too, as you are, go through this, if you do have a sugar addiction, mm -hmm. it can yeah. be done. Yeah, it can be done, but it's a life, it's a lifetime thing. It's yeah. not just something that even if you, you know, if you are, are able to get over that, that uh, challenge, it's still going to be in the background for the rest of your life. And, and it can be so easy just to flip the switch back on again. So mm -hmm. if you do have the, those kinds of challenges, you, I, I think it's just an all or nothing thing for, for, for some people, because yeah. they say that your, your addictions are in the corner doing push-ups, just, just waiting. So mm -hmm. it's, a t it's a tough thing. So mm -hmm. I, I, I congratulate anybody that is just here because if you're here, you want the knowledge and that's so important. And that's the first step is, is gaining the knowledge. And now you have the tools to, to try to put these into power for you. And I wanted to also thank Just Has Voice because she did the voiceover and she did the promos. And Just Has Voice, tell us who's coming up next. 
Karen Feltman, RN, will tell us how she resolved her lymphedema and will do an anti-inflammatory whole food plant-based cooking demo on Wednesday, July 12th, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Be Green with Amy Live. As a special thank you to all of you, I wanted to let you know that I do offer five free recipes and I can have them sent right to your inbox. Just go to begreenwithamy.com slash join. And there's lots of resources for you on Sid's website as well. So we've got lots of things for you guys to learn from and lots of knowledge, lots of tools, lots of resources. But I do want to thank all of you for joining us because if you weren't here, then we wouldn't have the reason to come on and do our thing. And Sid's going, coming back a lot and doing different presentations for us. And I'm so grateful for all of you to be here to join us. And I love how when you say hi in the comments. And I wanted to offer for you to all take your right hand and grab your left shoulder and take your left hand and grab your right shoulder. Now squeeze, because that's a hug from me to you. And if you want to join me and Sid, we're going to be doing my tagline. You guys can type it in the comments below. Are you ready, Sid? I'm ready. Okay. Until I see all of you again, remember, be strong, be well, and be green. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye, Sid. Bye. Thanks so much. Now you can listen to Be Green with Amy expert interviews wherever you go. Listen while walking, meal prepping, or traveling. Find Be Green with Amy on Apple, Google, Alexa, Amazon, or virtually anywhere you find podcasts. Be strong, be well, 